How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. Oh, yeah. That was good, man. Yeah, I went for it. You really did. And it's, you know, it, it shows. It really does. Well, Although I'm, it's, I'm it, efforting. I'm efforting. But, but, uh, and it's funny you use that word because I'd say it was effortless the way you did it. Uh-huh. It was just wonderful. Well, I'm practicing. Well, this is what no, I'm not. This That's is what lie. practice is all about. I don't this, practice. You're like an Olympic athlete when it comes to that. How are you feeling? You know, I'm so glad you asked. I am starting to feel a little under the weather. Oh. Yes, my two sons had something, and I have... Did you hear that little violin? I did. It was so nice of you. In other words, you're mocking me. No, I went through the same little fall, summer sickness. Yeah, something's going, going around. It is. Uh, it's but, annoying more than anything. But but just think about it from an IM point of view, yeah. right? So what has happened? This small change, probably a virus has invaded my biological domain and trying to make it its own home. Mm. But my white blood cells, the immune response in my body is activated and saying, no, we are not going to do this. But in the process, they are making my nose stuffy, my throat sore, my temperature to get up. Mm. It's kind of cool, really. tired. Oh, right, so fatiguing. Tired. Yeah, and, and you, you know you can get that feeling. You feel it. Yeah. It's just such a fascinating yeah. experience to be aware that I'm just feeling different, a little chilly. This and, that. and you know um, I'm trying really hard not to complain, but um, that's just not in my nature. Yeah, it's a little yeah, bit. You, you know, you complain. my wife, you know, says I'm kind of whiny when I get sick. <laughs> Carol, I feel for you. Yeah. So, so what are we talking about tonight? Well, it's funny because we're 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 talking about parenting, and even mm. though Carol, you know, is parenting you, is parenting me. <laughs> what, we, what we like to say in our family is that I have four children, and my wife has five because yeah. she counts me as one of them. Sometimes, not always. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I really thought that we could actually spend uh, tonight just you and I uh, talking about parenting. Okay. Because. This is one of the many things we have in common. Yeah. And, and there may be maybe many people out there who are listening who are parents. Yeah. But I will think that just about everyone who's listening out there was a child at some point. I'm guessing you're correct. Isn't that, you know, right? I think that's a, that's a wise, wise uh, comment. Actually, it's an observation. Observation. Yes, as a, of, of a psychiatrist. But it doesn't mean, of course, like that some smart. of those children had parents that were actively involved all the time. And that's something that mm. actually we're going to talk about a bit more next week. Because uh, next week we're going to continue this theme. We're going to talk next week, uh, if all goes well, with Ed Jacobs from uh, Tim Cruz's uh, district attorney office about something called ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences, but we're going to say that for next week. This week, what I really want to talk about is just parenting and the four domains, because, I mean, talk about home domain, mm. right? What's going on at home is going to certainly influence that kid and how they interact That's in right. the social domain, how they see themselves through the IC domain, and how that can affect their biological domain. But we're going to talk about this just sort of freestyle talking about it because we've both doing it. 
We're yeah. actively being parents. Yeah, and there's no um, there's no book on how to do it. I mean, there are there are plenty of them, I guess. But that's the whole. There's point. no license. You don't you don't have to earn, get a license no, to do it. No, you know, and, and and that's the the point. If there was one way to parent, there'd be one book. Right. But there isn't. There are so many ways. But there are a lot of people out there that will um, claim to be experts in it. Yeah. And, and and a lot of peers that will look down their nose upon others. It is true. And one of the things that I say as a child psychiatrist when I'm working with kids uh, is I will turn to the parent and I will say to them, never let anyone tell you that you are not the expert in your child. Right. Because you are the expert. Someone like me, I'm just a professional, but the most important person is the child. And I look at the kid. And it's true, because they're the only one who can tell us what it's like to be them. Right. But that's part of what's so amazing about this. I remember when, when um, we had our first child, Carol and I, what a grounding experience it was. It was, it was unlike anything I had ever, ever imagined. And you can't really prepare for it either. That's right. There is no training manual. Mm. And that's part of what we really want to get at is... You know, there may be young parents out there. There may be parents who have adult children reflecting back, should have done this, should have done that. You know, let's talk about this. I mean, talk about a universal experience. This is a universal experience. Yes. What it is. What it is to be a parent. And it's funny that you say that because, you know, when we were first um, preparing for our firstborn, you know, and the nerves and the anxiety and are we going to be able to do this? And the overriding theme was look around. If they could do it, we could probably pull this off too, right? <laughs> that's 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 the confidence. Yeah. But, but you know what I was thinking about today when we decided to do this was, um, you know, the number one um, rule of the I am. Yep. You control no one. You influence everyone. That's and right. And you certainly cannot control your kids. No. You can influence them. That's right. Good, bad, or indifferent. But controlling them, anybody who has a teenage child, uh, right. to, to, to try to control and manipulate and, you know, make them do exactly what you want them to do, that's... Ain't going to happen. Not uh, happening. And what about as an infant? What control do right. you have over that? As a matter of fact, you are responding all the time. That infant is influencing you all the time. That's right. How, you know, what's the rhythm? What do I do? What do I do now? And, and that's one of the things that I'm going to say now and probably will repeat couple of times during this particular um, show of ours. From my point of view, it is much more rewarding to be amazed at who your child is mm. than disappointed in who they are not. Right, right. You know, and I think that's so important. I'm going to just, it is much more rewarding to be amazed at who your child is than disappointed in who they are not. This is their I am. If you can really begin looking at what is going on with this person? Remember the Dr. Joe show, who we are and why we do what we do. It is mind-blowing how these people begin to educate you. Mm. And it is it's one of the most amazing things ever. And so that's really what I wanted to spend some time on tonight. It's just you and I just sort of going back and forth, talking about maybe our own experiences, maybe our own experiences of you know, how our childhood has influenced uh -huh. our parenting uh -huh. and how our parenting, you know, is influencing our children. Right. And, and I, how much growth that you have as a person 
as you're raising the children too, right? I mean, yeah. how different I am than the day my first child was born. Yeah. Very different. So what? Well, it's just the wisdom of it all, right? Like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And like you said, there is no training manual for it. Right. Um, and things still happen. You know, you're still going to work and still growing in that realm and doing your best to succeed, but your your values and your, your missions start to change a little bit. Yeah. Right? So you start to, you know, focus your energies in different places. And Absolutely. Seems and to come back to home a lot. Yeah. And it seems like that's the priority. And that's why, you know, one of the definitions of success, remember, when you love going to work and love going home. Right. Um, and I am very blessed that I absolutely love going home and what's what's delightful is how you know i've got four kids uh and they're older now mm. um but they really enjoy being with each other as well that's great and so that's a whole nother arena of parenting is you know what happens with siblings and how do they interact mm. and how do you be sure that every every one of them feels as valuable as the next and it ain't easy no and it's something that sometimes you get terribly wrong yeah but thank goodness, many, many children are forgiving. So, or forget. Or, or <laughs> black it out. Maybe. Trial by fire, right? A trial by fire. And speaking of, of that, that was uh, Ben, who's in the booth there. Benipotent. Uh, uh, ben, were you ever a child? I think vaguely, way back when I might have been a young Wookiee. Uh, yeah. Way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. You see, it's sort of universal, isn't it? Kind of amazing. And, you know, I, I, I want to be mindful of what it was to be a child, what it was to be in a playground, what it was to all these things. And really, this is like, in many ways, play. So let's talk about this. So, Carol. Yeah has written to me, I hope you don't mind me reading this, Carol, says, you know, we all wanted to be perfect. We wanted life to be perfect for our children, perfect. And we imagined that we could protect her, our daughter, from pain and teach her everything she'd need to be successful and be happy. And we were doing all this stuff, and it was 18 months, and I mean, Creating the perfect human, right? Creating, well, yeah, really. Um, and Isn't that what everyone tries to do? That's what everybody tries to do. Yeah. And, 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 and the idea, of course, the idea that we could do that, mm. but also appreciating the enormous responsibility that all of a sudden had been thrust upon us. Mm. All of a sudden, here is this innocent life that is now in your charge. And some of the, uh, it wasn't anxiety, it was just like a determination to, to make it right, you know? Um, and then there was always, and we were talking about this off here, you started to talk about, you know, how do young parents activate their IC domain, right? I'm doing a better job than you are. That's right. I hope. Or. Or am I not? Or am I not? And that anxiety that comes in. But your child is so much better behave than mine yeah yeah but 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 your child has has nicer clothes right right yeah your child doesn't fight with other children your child behaves well in the sandbox what about the the you know the episode we did and it's the woman who wrote the book about the adhd hmm. 
And that kind of came to me while we were thinking about um, working this show and how her IC domain would kick in because, you know, she told that story about being in the restaurant and being thrown out of the restaurant because mm -hmm. her children couldn't behave. Right. And how she, you, you, you feel for her. Right. Because you know what it must feel like when her kids are going wild and everyone's looking at her and right. they're judging. And judging. Thinking, and that's really what it comes down to with parenting. There's so much judging going on, whether it's, you know, outward or, or thought to be happening. And that's exactly where you can use the I am. Right. Right, because the I am is saying, okay, so if the best someone can do is judge you, what's going on in their I am? What's going on in their four domains? Remember the home, the social, the biological, and the IC. And yet we would not feel judged or concerned if we didn't care and it's okay to care what other people think about us but what's really what the message really is that we care about our children and I want to be a great dad I want to be a person there not not a friend right my kids have plenty of friends right but they're gonna have one dad they're gonna have one mom that's kind of amazing mm -hmm. but what about for you Mark when, when, when you were a young father you know your first kid what was that experience like what was your IC like what's going on <clears throat> well it was kind of uh, you know it, I was just starting to say off here that I saw a quote that that resonated with me today that's in, and I'll I'll tame it down for the for the airwaves but it said something along the lines of um, do whatever you want because most people are jerks I'll say mm. and they're gonna judge you anyway so we kind of took, mm. we kind of took the path of uh, the road less traveled, if you will, and took the position that we're not going to fall into the herd and do what everybody's doing. And we were, we were vigilant about it, you know, when everybody was signing up to do certain things or, you know, making sure that their kids were doing what they're supposed to be doing we didn't necessarily fall in line with that and we kind of uh, blazed our own trail a little bit uh-huh um, and i think it benefited us and our kids but you definitely get judged what do you mean you're not signing joey up for the club elite baseball team at age six right well i think it's kind of unnecessary so i'm not gonna do that i'll play catch with him in the backyard Right. And he'll be fine. Which which actually... Which I don't have a Joey, but I would rather not, you know, put my kids out there. Although I did tell Timmy I was going to be talking about him all night tonight. There Timmy. you go, <laughs> Timmy. Timmy. Yeah. No, but, but geez, I mean, playing ball with your kid in the backyard. Yeah. So great. Of course. So great. Right. I have such fond memories about it. You know, that's part of what parents can really do for their children. Mm -hmm. We kind of come back to this again is to always remind them that they're valuable i mean that's really really part of what we do as parents the resilient child the child who's able to manage the vagaries of life is a child who's had at least one adult see them as valuable right isn't that amazing mm. it's that simple there's there's a, a great cartoon um rose is rose and i, I use it in in the talks that i give on theory of mind it's a little boy playing baseball with his dad and he's terrible you know, he can't hit it, he can't catch it, he can't throw it. But his dad says to him, you were amazing out there. 
And that little boy walks away smiling because through the eyes of his father, he sees himself as valuable. The dad is not saying you're great at baseball because that right. would be a lie. The kid is terrible at baseball. But the dad is saying you're willing to try and make mistakes. You're willing to try. And that little boy would not be willing to make mistakes if he thought that his dad would judge them and say, oh, you're terrible. Right. That's what, that's what I am is about, right? It's about looking again at why we do what we do based on the influence of the domains. Again, look. Again, to repeat something, look like a spectator. Let's respect why people do what they do. That's what leads to value, and that's what leads to trust. Because when you trust someone, you can make a mistake, and you know you're not going to be judged as less valuable. Right. So that's what parents have the opportunity to do all the time. They're going to have a kid come home who may have been bullied at school. Right. Who's feeling miserable, who's feeling less than. And you have an opportunity not to dismiss it. Because that's what they feel. But to say, you know, everybody wants to feel valuable. The only way that bully can feel valuable is to try to make you feel less valuable. What's going on in their domains? What's going on in their IC? So the remarkable thing also is one child's parenting doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to do the same thing for the next child. Well, they're all very different. That's right. They're all very different. We have a we have a question from one of our viewers. Okay, great. Let's let's. Want to hear it? I would be delighted to. So our our viewer says, both of my children, very much like their dad, are extremely introverted, but in public schools, students sadly are assessed on social emotional standards. How do we affirm introverts in a very social climate? It's mm. a great question. Great question. I was very shy as a kid. Were you very? But, but like painfully shy. But what happened? How did I change? Well, let's. Go <laughs> I read a lot of books. Did you? Yeah. Look at you now. You're doing a radio show, yeah. a live radio show. I am. But this this is is so important. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going to use this example. We we are in this world where everything seems to be under this microscope. Mm. Everybody's looking at you, judging you, and our kids are under so much stress with that. What's wrong with being an introvert? It's one of the. Well, ways. there's a power to being an introvert too how, how well so? i mean there was a great ted talk on it so jay i would i would highly recommend checking it out um and i forgot what the woman's name was that did it but there is there's a superpower to being an introvert you know it's, there's a creative sect to it but he's but he's right that it's not it's not socially accepted at, at least in this the realm that he's speaking to the public school setting it's not because you know the kids that are social are playing and are are um, <clears throat> are have the attention of the the teachers where the introverts look sad and and misplaced where they're not no. they're just introverted they're yeah. they're doing their thing right and 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 that's the part that's so amazing is that in that classroom setting there are so many styles of living that just don't fit the classroom environment. I mean, that's why, you know, attention deficit with hyperactivity, in, in any other place, that's fine to be hyper. Right. It's okay. As a matter of fact, there probably was an advantage to having somebody like that in your group. You know, groups, you know, social groups, maybe 20 people, attention deficit with hyperactivity is about 5% of the population. That would be one person. It's really good to have a scanner. It's good to have somebody out That's there right. going, hey, whoa, is that a tiger? What was that? Well, you know, right. you might not want to take them on the hunt. And the same with an introvert. It's really good to have somebody who's there 
who's just sort of looking around, thinking quiet, it through, thinking it through, yeah. being much more prefrontal, absorbing you know? all of the surroundings. Right. The thing is, it depends on some of the other parts about being introverted. If part of the introversion is because you're anxious about being socially connected, okay, so that's an I am. That's where you can use the I am. What do you think will happen if you go across and talk with Timmy or Janie or Bobby or you raise your hand and answer a question that a teacher has asked? What do you imagine will happen? That allows you to then look at what the IC is and what they imagine may be happening. But for some people, being an introvert has nothing to do with anxiety. You're just a quiet, contemplative person. And that is part of what happens, right? We model. Well, you, you're definitely going to model. We're modeling for our kids all the time. And that's why it is such an amazing experience and a huge responsibility. How do you want to model for Well, your it's kids? amazing how, you know, because of where I am in life, you know, you, you do, you, you see what other people are doing and, you know, you, you try to model folks that are doing it right and creating some level of balance, but you, you notice that it's a lot of parents feel like they need to choose. What do you mean? Um, what do you mean choose? Well, I, I've seen peers of mine that say, you know, I'm going to work a bunch of hours. I'm going to make a ton of money because I want to provide for my family mm. but yet their kids just want to hang out with them and spend time with them right but they've decided in their mind that this is more important because ultimately the kids will appreciate that but at the end of the day can't get that time back you know that jogs a memory in me of, of what happened to me personally when um i was medical director uh, at uh, a teaching hospital and I was taking care of all these other kids and I realized that life was going really fast. My eldest child was about 10. My youngest was a year or so. And I remember walking with my eldest child and I was holding her hand and I said, I got to slow down. Life's going too fast. And my 10-year-old squeezed my hand and looked at me, and she said, Me too, Dad. <laughs> I mean... It does go by, and you can't does. get that back. It does. And it's funny, because Enjoy even it. when... Um, you know, even when we had our first baby, and we'd be walking the baby in the carriage, and people would walk up to you and say, Oh, it's beautiful. It goes by fast, though. Take a lot of pictures. Enjoy it. And you're sitting there thinking, I was just up at midnight walking up and down the hallways with right. this, you know, this little being. Right. And um, really, it's going to go by fast? Yeah. They were right. Yeah. But, I mean, I've got no regrets right now. I've definitely spent a lot of time with my kids. Yeah. And I, f I feel good about it. And, and, you know. Whether they enjoyed all the time I spent with them, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We can ask them. Yeah, we Jimmy, will. right on in. On the couch. But, he's, he's on already. Right, he's but, coming in. But this this is part of what the message is to parents, is you know what? You, we're never going to get it right all the time. Mm. But we can get it right enough so that our kids are resilient and feel valued. And you can do that. I mean, look, the, the reality is people have to work really hard 
and we're not always there, you know. Right. But we can be there even if it's for those few moments. And those moments you can connect with your child and you can let them know that you're part of their lives forever, that you're going to be there. Um, and it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I, I wish I could say yeah, I got all the answers, but of course not. Right. But you don't have to have all the answers. But there's one thing that I want to just repeat. It is much more rewarding to be amazed at who your child is than disappointed in who they are not. Right. And I want to say that to parents. It's the same for you. Be amazed at who you are instead of disappointed in who you are not. Look at your I am. Look at who you are and why you do what you do. And if you want to change something, the I am is your roadmap to do it. You don't need to change everything. A small change can have a right. big effect. You can do this. It's about evolution. It's about adaptation. You know? So Carol also was talking about the same thing. She says, embrace imperfection. You know, perfection, she says, is totally overrated, not just it's in not yourself. It's not a reality either. But also in your kids. If, if, you're, if you're trying to get your kids to be perfect, that's going to really in, inhibit them. It, it inhibits their desire to learn, yeah. experiment, absorb information. Oh, my well, gosh. Like I've got to learn. I've got to learn. I've got to learn. What if I what if I get it wrong? What if I get right. it wrong? It's like what? Well, like our viewer who had checked in and, you know, didn't feel like he was measuring up to his father's expectations you, you're yeah. frozen yeah yeah you're frozen at that point because any move is the wrong move yeah right and it doesn't just end in childhood right no. you can feel that way as an adult that's what i'm talking about as an adult you can still think am i living up to my parents yes. expectations yeah oh. <laughs> what have we well, what I'm have sure, we opened I mean, here mark oh my gosh what have we opened that's where, in the show? that's where every every conversation with the therapist begins right is is so what was it like as a child <laughs> right Ooh, you've learned what, so what did i say much. i just listened to a um i listened to a woman um on a ted talk again uh brene brown is her name she was talking about shame and vulnerability and mm. and she uh she was saying that she went into a therapist's office and said, listen, I just, I just need strategies. I don't want to talk about this family and my mom and any of that. I just need strategies. But, you know, it doesn't really work that way. It, it doesn't. And yet there is, there is a side to that. You know, one of, one of my rules, never worry alone. Right. So if you're a parent and you're worrying, you know, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing this? Take a parenting class. Right. You know, go go seek help from find trusted and some trusted peers yes. too. But the problem yes, is, yes. is that you know the peers sometimes cannot be trusted. You know, some of those folks that you believe are you know your friends, they're they're just hoping that they're doing better than you. Right, agreed. And that's why really getting some professional guidance. Right. But remember. You are the expert in your child, and you wouldn't be worrying about it if you didn't care. Yeah. If you didn't care that your kid was doing well and that you're doing well as a parent, you you wouldn't you know you wouldn't be worrying. But never worry alone. Never worry alone. Find someone to share that worry with. Go and ask questions. But again, never forget that you are the expert. I see this so many times in parents who come to me worried about their kid. And they feel that they've done something wrong. Mm. They feel inadequate. 
they feel that that they're not the expert in their child and I remind them and you know what that is reminding them of their value and, and again you wouldn't be here if you didn't care that's the most important yeah. part it's the most important part so this parenting thing you know home domain I see domain social domain so what what happens when your child uh, is in a social domain what what do you want them to bring with them into that world you want them to bring confidence confidence and the ability to learn the ability to look at what's going on in the world and absorb it now Melvin you know I mean he's he along with with all our drugs free theater kids I mean talk about resilience mm. uh, and they've been through a lot a lot and that's the other thing I mean what happens to a parent when they have a child who is not doing what they were hoping for and how guilty do they feel and you know one of the things about that especially in the field I'm in is that inhibits people coming in for care almost more than anything why because a parent is ashamed that somehow they have done something wrong and they don't want to admit that they don't want to admit it because they don't want to lose a sense of value that's interesting and then when that happens there's a there's can be a cascade effect because now you've got a parent who's unsure what to do they've got a child now who is doing something that is not necessarily productive and everyone's blaming each other which is different than taking responsibility responsibility is empowering blaming will get you nowhere right so it's okay if you're a parent and you're thinking oh, I don't know what to do now that's okay at least you're thinking I don't want know what to do right. now never worry alone so mo so you're saying that a lot of the people think oh my goodness I don't know what to do and I don't want anyone judging me and my parenting skills so I'm just gonna do nothing right I, I don't I don't want anybody to know that I don't know what to do yeah Wow that's frightening it, yeah and it's it's what the I am is trying to change right because you know what if if you don't know what to do that's your I am right now what small change can you make so Call that somebody you feel like I'm not going to be judged. I can come in and get some help. I can ask someone. And we same thing for the kids. Because remember, that's that's my world. My world is I work with children and adults who don't feel that they've been valued, who don't feel that they're good enough. And so many kids come in angry and resentful about being there because they don't want to feel that they're being judged. So I get to say, and it's, I'm a psychiatrist, not a judge. But you know what? We can be human. It doesn't mean we have to be a judge. We can really, really nurture each other. It's, it's an amazing thing. I know we're maybe, you know, wandering around in this topic, but it's because it's such a huge right. topic. Right, and challenging. Yeah. And, of course, developmentally, there are different stages. So you have to be a parent for an infant, right. which is different than being a parent for a toddler, different than being a parent. I mean, it's amazing that people do this at all. Has anybody here not been angry at their child at some point? Of course not. Not Timmy, angry. Timmy, don't worry. I've never, <laughs> ever been angry at you, with you. <laughs>
Yeah, but but you know, it's okay to get angry. It there's nothing wrong with anger. It's what you do with it. Correct. They have a book about that, right? It's funny you should say that. <laughs> it's called Outsmarting Anger. Right. Actually, it's an award-winning book because it was based on when's the last time you got angry at someone treating you with respect. Right. And so when you're angry, what it probably means is that you feel something, maybe even being disrespectful. We got we got a song coming out for a moment. I got something for you here. Well, let's hear this. We'll drive them away. We can be Were your parents your heroes? Just for one day. You know, at various times of my life, they were absolutely my heroes. Um, uh, at various times of my life, they were not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a, a sort of related story. Do you want to lie story. down on the couch and let me ask you that again? <sighs> Could you please? Because <laughs> uh, I'm starting to. All these memories are coming up. But I want to just say. So let's one talk more about thing. your mother. Thank you. Mother. Get the silence. That was it. So. Um, there, there's I've spoken about my mother many my mother was an amazing person she was but I remember a time and I just want to come back to about being angry with your children mm. so I had gotten angry with with one of my sons it was Jason I'll admit it it was Jason sorry Jason and, but 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 he had been unjustly sent to bed so there was a time where I had thought he had done something and he hadn't but I hadn't spoken with Carol and I sent Jason to bed early sent him to bed he was maybe five years old and he was furious and every night you know before bed we would snuggle you know there's a good story uh and the next night i had apologized to him because i i had really messed up i was wrong and i said to him are you still mad at me and my five-year-old snuggles in with me and he says dad I've stopped hating you, <laughs> but I never stopped loving you. Nice. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Five years old. Brilliant. Totally brilliant. I've stopped and, hating you. But I never stopped loving you. And we can That's get angry brilliant. with our children, but they need to know that that doesn't mean we have right. we stop loving them. But really, it's what you do with that anger. Anger is an emotion designed to change things. So when you're angry, think, what do I want to see different? But I but I don't want you as a parent to think that somehow you have failed miserably and you've done something wrong. You're allowed to feel things. It's wondering and understanding why you feel what you feel. It's much more important to wonder than to worry. Mm. And it's much more important to be reflective than reflexive. And what can happen is you get angry and your limbic system activates. Your kid gets angry their limbic system activates and now you've got two limbic brains going at it nothing good is going to come now so you got to be able to step back you got to step back and use the i am okay 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 my limbic system's activated i'm angry what do i want to see different what's happened in the domains what has my child done to activate this and you can then step back as an adult you have a more developed prefrontal cortex in the biological domain for a moment Part of your brain is much more developed than your child's brain. Use it. Use it in order to understand what's going on. That's modeling. Because then your child can say, okay, I can get angry too, but I can step back. And I can begin to modulate my anger. And I can keep it frontal and not go limbic. That's the mantra. Keep it frontal. Don't go limbic. But it's going to happen. Right. It happens. 
it doesn't mean you're a bad parent. That's what you do with it. How do you want to then use that so that you can model for your child how you manage anger, how you may be manage disappointment, how you manage when somebody's disrespectful to you, what do you do? And again, remember, that's their I am. That's the beauty of the I am approach, is you get to reframe what's going on so that you can look at someone with respect. It is impossible for a brain to stay angry over time when it feels respected. It just can't happen. It can't happen because anger is an emotion designed to change things. Being respected feels great. And like, what I like to say is that has the same reliability as gravity. Apples don't fall up and the brain doesn't get angry when it feels respected. And it's going to be the same with your child. They're going to be angry about something. They're going to feel that you have more power, more control. They may be envious of that power. They may be suspicious you're trying to take something from them. And then you can use part of your brain called mirror neurons to project peace. Be interested in what your child is doing. Don't dismiss their anger. But you can say, okay, what do you want to see different? Small changes have big effects. Parents, you want to try something? Try that. When your child is angry, give it a few beats and say, what do you want to see different? I want to be able to do this, this, whatever it is. And then you can, you got a place to start. You know, you got a place to start understanding. As opposed to yelling back at them. As opposed to yelling back at them. Stop doing that. Right. <laughs> Stop doing that. Don't do what I do. Right. Why don't you both shut up? <laughs> That's it. Boy, I tell you, if it was easy to be a parent. Everyone would do it. And <laughs> but do they it, do. And do it well. Yeah. And I'm not saying people don't. We all do it. There are no perfect parents. There no. are no perfect children. No. And that's really... Except for you, Timmy. There you go. That's <laughs> right. And except for you, Mark. Yeah, but <laughs> no, I won't take that. Perfect parents. What would that There's even no such thing, like? but yet, y you know, in that infant stage, when you're a, a new parent, uh -huh. a lot of parents want to be perfect parents. Yeah. And that's where that IC domain I keep I keep coming back to comes into effect because I think it's very dangerous to... To want to be a perfect parent or to... To want to be a perfect be. parent and to always be measuring yourself against other people. Yeah. And that's not healthy. A lot of stress. A lot, lot of stress. And I think always you're always going to be disappointed, right? You have to be because right. you're, you're always going to see something better out there than what you're doing. It's just what you're seeing, whether the reality is there or not. And again, that can be your I am. Right. But you can step back and say, yeah, why am I doing that? Right. Why do I need to do that? I you don't. Know? As long as my kid feels loved. That's, that's really what it is. You're what it is. And, you know, like I said, let's go back to the You're going to get angry. And part of that, as Carol says, is your children will challenge your perception of yourself more than anyone else ever can. How That's true is that? Isn't that true? Yeah, profound. And, and for those who are, who are parents, doesn't that happen to you? That, you know, there you are, you, th you think you're all this and that, you think you're this, and then your children do something and you go, oh, it's happening to me, I must admit, right now, part of my life right now is one of my children is really challenging the way I sometimes make bad jokes and things like that. And really? Yeah. And, and, and you know what? <laughs> this child is right. Why? 
Why are they right? Because uh, they believe in the I am. And you control no one, you influence everyone, and you need to be cautious. I don't think that my jokes are sometimes that bad. But I mean, they, some are really bad, but you. that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so bad, they become funny. That's right. You know? that's, that's what I'm hoping. You know? Becca, be, be easy on your dad. No. It's not Becca. It's not Becca. <laughs> we can just Couldn't go through the list. We can go through the list. No, we're not going to do that. But, but um, you know, try not to judge yourself. Carol's the other th thing, this as well. Try not to judge yourself as a parent for good or bad. Right. Based on how others perceive your child or you. And that's part of what you're talking about, exactly. right? The I see. Try not to judge yourself as a parent for good or bad based on how others perceive your child or you. Assess how you are doing on what you know about yourself and your child. Advocate as necessary. Get help as necessary. Never worry alone. So, look, this topic, I would really like to stay on this so topic. So, this is going to be a series, I think. I, I think so. Kind of like Community was. Yeah, like Community was. We're going to talk about parenting, you know, for the next several weeks. Okay. And, okay. you know, for our Facebook listeners, write in. Write in your experiences. Write in your experiences either as a parent or as a child and what, you know, what you what you experience, what you wish you'd experience. Let's get some weekly uh, engagement going. We'll I get would some, get some questions out there. Yeah, let's do that. How was your relationship with your mother? Yeah, and <laughs> see what people say to that one. Right, and you notice how you and I are not saying how was your relationship with your father. Yeah. We're just, we're just, you, no questions about fathers, because we're both fathers and we're way too sensitive for that. Right. Although mine was my hero. Was he? Yeah. We got a couple of minutes. Do we? Yeah, let's that's hear. why we were going to play the song. No, no, we're going to talk about. No, he was just a great guy. Yeah. He was a great role model. And how's he influenced you? Do you think? I'm, I'm always trying to be like him. Hmm. You getting teary? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want me to, I will. That's okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I would like to think that my children one day will look back and go. You know, I don't want to be just like my dad, but there were some values yeah. that he had yep. that I want to emulate. And that's where I'm I'm at with it. You know, I, I want them to, to realize yep. that they can remind people of their value. It is such a powerful thing. We all want to feel valued. And at every moment, you can remind someone of their value. That's what we do for our children. That's mm -hmm. what we can do for each other. That's what the I Am is all about. What did your dad do? What for, was his job? For, yeah, for uh, work. He was a dentist. Wow. Mm. That's, boy, I, I mean, talk about a job where people are terrified to come in. Right. Wow. So it's funny. We were talk I was thinking about that. Like, if we were going to go into the IM of this and the IM of that, the IM of dentistry, I mean, the highest rate of suicide because people don't like okay. to go see them. He, I, didn't, he didn't commit suicide. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> we're we're going to come back to this. So, folks, Next week, Ed Jacobs is going to be talking about ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences. Please tune in, and let's stick with the parenting theme. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Show. We'll speak with you next week. Bye now.